Welcome to the Cars and Caffeine Podcast. I'm Ken. I'm Brandon. And today we have a guest on the show. His name is Dante. He uh, owns a JDM import company in, uh, is it North Carolina, South Carolina? Yeah, North Carolina. North Carolina, okay. Like outside Charlotte. How's it going, man? Good. Good. How are you guys today? Pretty good. Up in the morning. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah. we're we're early risers. Yeah, we're always we up like doing this early Sundays usually. Um, yeah, man. First, I just want to thank you for coming on the show and spending a little time with us, you know, taking time out of your day. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me. You know, I've uh, been listening to the podcast since you reached out to me, like, what was that, a, a little over a month ago? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, a definitely a few you weeks back. Been cranking out the episodes since then. We're trying. Yeah. Hitting your stride. <laughs> I feel like we got a <laughs> little trying, thing going now. Thanks, yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. We actually got... Although, like, straight up, before we get into it, like, Ken, a little bit of a beef with you. Uh-oh. Something I got to air out. Here Uh-oh. we go. I like how we're starting Dude, that, this. <laughs> so, so first of all, I was, I was loving the uh, the last episode, the '90s cars. Yeah. Yep. Even though that list was like straight, it was terrible. The beginning. I agree. Yeah, I, I don't think it could have been from. a worse <laughs> list. <laughs> it was fun though. We had fun with it. it was, yeah. It was just hot garbage, but fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was like towards what was it towards the middle or end? I've had this thing that I like just got over, and it has to do with bot flies. Oh, oh shit! Up. You brought that shit up. I, like, oh, I watched like, the nightmares are gonna come back. Right? I watched that show, um, Monsters, Monsters Inside, Inside You, right? Yeah, yeah, and it has him on there quite a few times. I've seen him. It's the, it's the worst. Like I, like back in the day, like remember YouTube was all like it was either prank videos, like street magic, or like popping pimples. Right? <laughs> like that rabbit hole street pop. magic. Yeah. Yeah, but but then you would like get down that rabbit hole of the pimples, and like the next phase was the pot flies, where mm-hmm. they're like pulling them out of someone's cheek. Yeah, and like that shit used to give me just reoccurring dreams, like where they'd be coming out of my face, and it just like I started twitching when I heard you mention that. That's <laughs> fucked up. Like the one oh, I man. saw in the monster inside me, there I remember him pulling out of the back of this kid. I think it was a kid's head. Ugh. They got it from like oh, Costa Rica oh. or something. Like that's crazy because how it actually works is, I don't know if you know, but f- from watching the shows, it they tell you the science of it is the fly. The mother fly, the female fly, takes attaches herself to a mosquito and lays her eggs on the bottom of the mosquito. And then when it comes down onto the person, the body heat from the person makes the sticky stuff that the fly laid the eggs on the mosquito um, drop the eggs so they like it, it becomes unsticky. <laughs> so scientific right now. I couldn't think of anything else to say at the time. It's like at least a fly you kind of see coming, but mosquitoes are all like they're everywhere. light and sketchy. Yeah, uh, you like you don't know which one it is, so it could have those eggs, <sighs> and when it bites into you, that hole that it leaves, that little hole with its—I don't remember the name of it because I said that in the that's last a, episode. That's a bot fly glory hole right there. <laughs> no, no. The, yeah. What the mosquito uses to drink blood from you? Its little mouth thing. It's a little needle sucker. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. goes down in the hole where. The eggs get laid. And this is fascinating. <laughs> fascinating right now. And then the bot gets a sloppy second. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, Dude, is this like a is this like a side hobby of yours? What's it is this what is it called? The study of insects. It's not botany. What is that? Um, I don't know. It, but well, no, it's I not feel, a side. I feel like that's your thing. I just it think it sounds like it could be. You know what I, I really I'm yeah. learning more about Ken as I we find do this. Interesting. <laughs> I find the um parasites inside people and stuff like that really interesting just like how these parasites what they do and what they're capable of and how they survive and the bad things they can do to you i don't know i just find the show interesting that's oh, good yeah they're, they're hustlers they are you gotta <laughs> admit after it when it comes yeah. to life they fucking have some crazy shit to survive <laughs> what? Yeah. intestinal cockroaches it's amazing goodness it's a great way to start the day off. So yeah, I'm yeah. done with my I'm done with my breakfast now. Yeah, my cliff my cliff bar is going in the trash. <laughs> well, so. see, I, we have a lot of deer ticks where I live, and I hate that. They're fucking real bad parasites. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm from uh, I'm from PA originally. So you got them you up know, there. I, I just moved to Charlotte seven years ago. So yeah, it was always a thing. You know, there's always someone uh, you hear about friend of a friend with Lyme disease, like just nasty shit. Yeah. Ugh. So is is where is that where you originally started? Was Pittsburgh? Um, uh, my life, yes. Oh, well, well, <laughs> but, great. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, the car stuff, no. I mean, love for cars started there. But yeah, just this, uh, you know, this company, Lusovato, I started, uh, well, actually officially end of last year, but, you know, I started importing cars in 2015 uh, in Charlotte here. Really is kind of a, kind of a challenge, you yeah. know? I mean, I didn't really start out to say, like, hey, I'm, I want to start this business and all that stuff, but, um, you know, I uh, when we moved down here, I had a, you know, I sold my fun car, which was a super super bummer. It was a. I know the feeling. I sold my dude. fun car for my camera, so I could buy camera and do more photography. <laughs> oh, 
out. But, yeah, you know, but at least, it's worth at least it. the camera, like, yeah, it gives you something back, right? What was the first car? Uh, yeah, so so the fun car was, you know, and it was a two-year project. Should have been six months and ended up being two years. And I finished it, like, six months before we moved. It was, uh, it was an SC300. Oh, okay. Uh, 92. That actually, I mean, this isn't verifiable. I got it from a guy in Queens. Uh, he said Swiss Beats used to own it. In '93, oh. <laughs> I know who that is. But you know what? I'm going to take it, and there was a lot of speaker wire in the car, so it's possible. Take that for what it's worth. Hey, but uh, might be true. Yeah, he yeah, was I got up. that car and just, uh, you know, I wanted, I just wanted to do something different. I had a, I had a 350Z that I had before that that was a track car, and I started getting serious about the track. And I'm like, man, you know, if I'm going to do like actual events where I'm like next to people, and this was back, I mean, this was like years ago, so Zs were not that old and i'm like man i don't want to be trading paint with that so i want to get something that's older cheaper and like that i haven't really seen but like usually people with sense aren't going to build an sc300 track car because i mean they're land yachts you know yeah they're so long but which is kind of fun like i mean really the, the long wheelbase when you get those things set up right like that car was really balanced and the and with the long wheelbase you know it's not snappy so like the mm-hmm. overseer was really controllable and predictable yeah and, you know, like if you're on the track with street tires and stuff, I mean, the tires are always singing. So I, so I like that. That that like basically that had like a, a 1J in it, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how that's what I put in it. Oh, OK. Um, I, yeah. I remember looking back through your your pictures and I remember seeing something about a 1J on one of the SC uh, 300s in there. I'm assuming that one was yours. Yeah. Yeah. The, the khaki one. OK. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. I think yeah, it had RPF I, ones, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yes, this was uh, uh, this was I started this one in what like maybe '09, something like that. But uh, but yeah, I mean that was that was a labor of love. So I just ripped everything out. I I still remember to this day the seats were 86 pounds a piece because I weighed them. Jesus Christ, that's, that's some heavy ass seats. <laughs> yeah, dude, the seats were insane. That's like, oh, I got I got a gouge on my uh, shin from taking one of those bad boys out. <laughs> you know, because there was like. There's like old big gulps in the back, a bunch of hair. I mean, weird shit. Hair? Hey, you find oh, some hair. stuff in a used car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a little later, like some of the stuff I find in these cars I import. That was on, that was going to be one of my questions, actually. <laughs> so it was Japanese yeah, hair? Yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> <laughs> just any hair? I melt it down and I throw it in like a, like a fuel treatment. And these cars are sick, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, just to wrap up that car, I mean, it was... Uh, so i mean gutted it had a cage put in it probably the biggest change i made to that was the uh, fuel cell because those things factory the fuel tank is above the axle right behind the back seat the mm-hmm. super high center of gravity like it's almost the same level as where like the deck lid is yeah and it's kind of narrow and high so when i took that out moved the fuel cell into the spare tire well and once i had a corner balance the weight was like i think it was like 53 47 which for that car was awesome because it started out like 60 40 or something ridiculous mm-hmm um but yeah so i finally got that car done i get to like rip around a little bit and then we're you know i had a job uh opportunity come up you know to move the family to charlotte here so uh you know just made sense get yeah. rid of it yeah. it sucked life gets in but, the way sometimes right <laughs> man it does it lives a good li- life though some guy in colorado bought it that uh well, actually his, his name's casey king he started uh triple crown drift like a drift series there and actually he ran it for like years so wow. i was like well at least it had some good good life to it that's good to know it didn't just get like smashed and destroyed right away yeah that's great right. it yeah. got used how yeah, you built it the guy yeah. the I mean, guy who bought my with all that blood sweat and tears tears yeah the guy who bought my camaro he had another camaro so a red one just like the one i had and he's probably gonna i don't know if he's gonna use it for parts or he's gonna try to fix that one up too but he really likes it and he's like don't worry about it i'm never gonna sell it so <laughs> i know it'll get taken yeah. care of yeah nice so you said you started out in 2015 once you moved down, right? Yeah. yeah so so kind of kind of break that down. How did you how did you really start? Like, was it for yourself, or were you helping a friend, or how did it get going? Dude, it was it was just for me, yeah. kind of a challenge. So and and that's what kind of ties in me selling my fun car. So I sold my fun car. We're down here for a little bit. You know, I'm just driving a a sedan bored out of my mind. I'm like, Jesus, I just need to like shift something. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and um. You know, I was following this, you know, following some of the, the main importers, you know, the big ones uh, on the East and West Coast. And I'm like, man, you know what? I just kind of want to challenge myself, try to do this myself, bring in something fun, drive it for a little while, sell it and just, you know, see how it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, super casual with that. So my first car was a uh, it was a Toyota Soar 
Okay. And it was a it was the '90s, so it was the the Z20, like the real boxy body style. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was white five speed from the factory, which was super rare. And it was just like you know, like I've always I just I've always loved like nostalgic like Japanese cars. Yeah. Like just as much as like modifying them, I kind of like you know the heritage and, mm-hmm. and learning about like how the models came about and like all the models there. I mean, they didn't just you know it's not like like a GM every three years there's a new like sedan model. I mean it was. You know, things would be like from like a Gloria from like the 60s to, you know, the 2000s, yeah. you know, and they just have a lot of history. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, you know, I got that in. It's, you know, not to be a sports car or anything crazy, but just kind of a fun touring car. And, uh, so I drove that for a while, um, learned a lot because, you know, the first time bringing a car in, you need help. You know, it's like. What's all involved? Like, like say how does say someone else out there wants to be an importer? Like, what do you have to do to even start it? So many steps, but yeah. Go ahead and break down the best you can for us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and actually, uh, I just finished. I I just recorded another podcast that kind of breaks the steps down and uh, you know in a little more detail. But and really, what I tell because I get a lot of questions. Like, I get a lot of emails and DMs. Like, hey, can you get me this car? I was thinking of getting this car Mm because I kind of put it out there that even if someone's not interested in being a customer and they just want to learn, like I see huge value in me even taking time explaining it yeah. just because, I mean, it, it helps grow the market. If more people know about it and have like realistic expectations, it helps everybody. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I agree. Yeah. I mean, for sure. So, I mean, but the, uh, yeah. So the, the process, I mean, first you need to find a, a, a buyer, like someone to act physically look at the car, inspect it, uh, you know, the, the most popular is obviously getting them from auctions, you know, the Tokyo auctions, enormous. There's a bunch of other ones kind of sprinkled throughout Japan that are smaller where you can usually get some nice finds and usually better deals. But, uh, you know, finding somebody reputable that uh, is, is just as scrupulous as yourself, you know, yeah. looking at cars. So, you know, that- like 2015, I before I started this, I mean, it, you know, it took me months to find that person because, you know, do quick Google search and it's like Japanese partners and like, all these sites will pop up mm-hmm. and you kind of remove from the process. Like you email them something you're interested in. They'll say what they think it's going to go for. And, you know, there's usually a bit of a language barrier too. Yeah. So everything's a little cryptic, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, and, and I ended up, you know, and, and I'd call places and no one would ever call me back. They'd like email me and it would just be super short, and concise. Like, uh, you want this skyline? How much? I'm like, <laughs> I, I, you t- I have no idea. Yeah. Like, dude, you tell me, yeah. uh, so and finally I, I got a hold of someone that uh you know just just through their website and the first time i called him we we're on the phone for almost two hours just talking cars mm-hmm. he was from england too. that's cool so you, you know, know so there's oh, no like nice. language barrier he took the time and uh and i was like oh this is this is awesome and you know we talked about kind of his process and because i was like i mean this is really the lifeblood of the whole thing like i you know i can figure out how to import and how to make get around customs all that stuff but i mean having somebody that looks at cars as you would that knows you know to rub their hand on the the you know the inside of the deck lid to see if there's overspray that mm-hmm. knows what factory seam sealer looks like and what you know globbed on you know just yep. those details so you mm-hmm. know what you're getting uh which which i like i've always been decent at you know because my my first job like real job was at a dealership you know and used okay. car department so it's like you know i kind of got used to evaluating cars quickly and knowing what to look for but um but yeah, so found him and, uh, you know, I've been working with him ever since. And, uh, you know, basically, so you find that person to source the car for you. Uh, then the bidding process, we'll just use, you know, I think since auctions are most common, we'll use that for an example. Because you can get them from dealers over there. Mm-hmm. But uh, dealers usually want more because it's more of a hassle for them. Plus, they, they don't collect tax on it. And they, uh, you know, they make some some other money in different revenues through gotcha. selling it to someone in their country so so for you to uh, make the, a decent profit it's better to do an auction yeah 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 basically really really for anyone uh and, and like i said dealers really they most of them prefer not to export anything because it's just it's extra paperwork and they make mm-hmm. less money i mean yeah. so why would they makes sense yeah, yeah. so sense. so usually you're focused on the auctions and the auctions i mean uh you know they're crazy i mean usually so you get like two days three days tops notice of what's going to run so you look at the car you say, okay, this one's interesting. You have your buyer look at it. Uh, they'll inspect it when they're there physically. At least my guy does. And, uh, 
you know, kind of give you a report, a bunch of pictures, no glamour shots. I mean, it's all pictures of like stone chips, dents, undercarriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stuff that matters. Yeah, the and stuff then, you uh, need. Then, nope. then you make a decision if it's something you're going to go for, you know? So, uh, you, you kind of figure out, and what I tell people is have a, have a loose budget. Cause if you're trying to like win something for cheap, you'll never win it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're trying to get that deal, because there's just, there's a lot of competition. Cause I, I think what people overlook is, yeah, this is popular in the States, but like there's a ton of importing to Canada, like mm-hmm. Europe, huge England. A lot of people are getting Japanese cars. Yeah. Uh, so worldwide it, yeah worldwide <laughs> Literally. they're all influenced well the they so in england uh, they already drive on that side so it's even easier for them right yeah i just figured i'd yeah. point that out like yeah. it actually makes sense they don't yeah. have to go through drive throughs backwards yeah. right <laughs> like yeah but I, uh I try it out but though. yeah so, so there's <laughs> there's a lot of competition with that but uh so you know when you find the car you want just just going for it you know telling them like because he uh at least for me, he live bids. I mean, something I tell people, you know, watch the sites that want you to just submit your highest bid because basically what they'll do is off-site. They'll submit that. So you might have paid 2000 extra for a car or you might have missed it by $10. Mm. You know what I mean? You yep. just don't know. So I really, the only way I like to do it and I would recommend anyone do it is to like find someone that does live bidding. You know, they charge you like an extra, you know, 50 bucks or whatever, but it's totally worth it. Yeah, I mean, if you're you paying $20,000 for a car, what's 50 bucks? Right, right. And like, and I learned that lesson the hard way. I missed the car, you know, what was it? Maybe my second or third go around, you know, I, I missed on like, I don't know, eight to 10 cars in a row, which is pretty common. Like, it's fine. But, you know, the one I really wanted, I missed on by 20, I think the conversion ended up being $23. I was like, <sighs> that I was sucks. Livid. But that's, that's because I gave a, a hard stop. I was like, listen, I don't want to pay any more than X. Yeah. And I learned then, like, you know what? Just win it. The market's going to be the market. It mm-hmm. might be a high day, a low day, but what's most important is just getting the car. You know. Definitely. Now, most of your cars are they for clients that want them already, or you're just buying them to have like an inventory? Yeah. So uh, buying have an inventory, firstly, but uh, I just started and I um, you know, I'm just kind of starting to promote uh, a purchasing service because I see value in that because you know so many people want to be involved and. I think that's cool and all, and uh, you know, I can bring a car in and pretty much do everything for someone and mm-hmm. give them access to the cars I have access so they could pick the car, yeah. uh, and then after that, they don't have to do anything. Like, the car shows up, and it's like, state title, like, done. You don't have to deal with customs. You don't mm-hmm. have to deal with some you know, shady brokers and stuff like this, importers charging a ton to fill out paperwork. I mean, because um, I see value in that. If, and I mean, as long as someone's patient, because, I mean, quite honestly, the whole process uh, best case scenario is like, you know, two to three months. That's not too bad. No, it's still pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not awful depending on what someone's looking for, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I see value in that. Just being able to bring a a car in for somebody, uh, you know, completely transparent. So they know exactly what the wholesale is, what the shipping costs, you know, of course I, you know, I, I charge a a flat fee just for the service, which makes sense work working out well, just because it's, uh, like I said, you don't usually if you do it yourself. I mean, you have a minimum of three to four people, uh, you know, that you're paying to do stuff for to mm-hmm. import a car. Now, if you when you import a car for somebody, say somebody picks the car they want, you import mm-hmm. it. Um, when you get it back here, do you do anything to it to get it ready for them, or do they take it the way it is? Yeah. So for an inventory car, I do everything that's needed and then some you know i kind of okay so you import cars just for people and for inventory yeah that's what you're saying yeah Yeah, yeah, i missed that sorry uh yeah 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 so uh so for the inventory obviously i do more you know for something i bring in for someone it's you know it's pretty much as is but of course you know i want someone to be able to drive it so you know do an oil change Mm -hmm. a detail on it stuff like that because these cars come in and they're just I mean, they're, they're gross, you know, like, <laughs> the pictures, like they look nice in Japan. You're like, Oh, cause some, you know, a lot of them have auction services where they wash them, you know, they drive them through. And of course, like, you know, the camera quality is not the best on those pictures. Right. Uh, but yeah, by the time it sits on a boat for a month and then it sits at port for who knows how long, I mean, they're yeah. usually just like the, on them, you know, so, uh, but yeah, you know, clean it up, get ready, help them with, you know, if they're going to pick it up, I'll pick them up from the airport or if they need shipping, I'll help them with shipping, stuff like that. You know, yeah. really want to make it as easy as possible for someone to get one of these cars and not seem like this huge, you know, this huge task. It's just like kind of overwhelming because it can be, you know, especially with, you know, with, with ports, uh, 
you know, like kind of everyone has different rules. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to pinpoint everything you would think because uh, yeah. they're all kind of under the federal guidelines that everything would be the same. But, you know, I've dealt with the Baltimore, uh, Port of Savannah, and things are completely different in both places and completely different just depending on which day you go and who's working. Yeah, I, like, actually, I think I heard you talking about that. Um, it might have been in your fourth episode that I was listening through yeah, yeah, how yeah. you had a completely different experience with two different guys, basically, two different employees. Oh, <laughs> madness. That's crazy. Madness. I was, so, I was like, you know, like you do everything. Like I have the 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 twit card which is uh which is like a security clearance thing you have to send all your fingerprints away interpol searches all this crazy stuff so it's like i have that i applied and got like the general admission pass to that port specifically i have the parking pass like i have everything so basically i can go in and technically i can escort outsiders in you know what i mean like because yeah. escorts are a thing they, they charge 50 bucks an hour if you don't have all this clearance just for someone to be by your side in the port <laughs> that's crazy um, so nuts oh yeah and I mean, and that's another hard lesson. Like it's, it's 50 an hour and it's like at the 61 minute, that's two hour charge. Oh yeah. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. And they have to stay by your side. They like, you know, so anyways, yeah, with, with that, I went and, uh, usually I'll bring the car up and then look it over just so I'm not in there too long. So, you know, like I'll drive it out to uh, a parking lot outside the gate and they, uh, they didn't want me with the other person I was with separated like at all. They're like, no, I'm like, well, you know, I got to get this car out. I can't drive two at once, and I'm not allowed to walk through the port. So yeah. uh, luckily they let it slide this time. But, you know, last time no one even mentioned it, and, uh, you know, you think you're good to go. So, you know, the key is, you know, you can never be too prepared, but there's always there's always curveballs with it's it. It's got to be frustrating, though, because you're kind of just not knowing how it's going to go every time you show up now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a four, four-and-a-half-hour drive you know, oh, each wow. way. So. Yeah. yeah, that's a hike. But I saw. Um, now, was the most recent one, the RX-7, is that the one you were talking about having all the newest mm-hmm. issues with? Mm-hmm, yeah. With the importing, not obviously the car itself. but Right, yeah. And, I mean, it's just, it's minor hiccups. I mean, I, like, it doesn't really bother me, you know, because at the end of the day, I get the car out, like, there's there's always a solution. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it might not be perfect, but I, I know no matter what speed, but, like, I'm not stuck there. It's not like I'm leaving without a car. Like, I'll figure a way to get it out, so. Yeah. But, uh yeah, there's no way they're keeping it on you. <laughs> Not after all that. Tell me, no. tell me a little bit about that um, orange uh, skyline you got there. That one-off custom oh, one. That thing's that thing's crazy. That thing's got a bit of a story. There's there's actually not a lot of that, uh, a lot like documented on the internet. You know, uh, especially some site. You know, I found it some in some sites, but I mean, even Google Translate didn't want to play. Uh, so. <laughs> But but anyway, so the the buyer I have in Japan, he actually bought that for a client in. I can't remember if the client was in the UK or the states, but he actually bought that for somebody. She never really does, but this this person was on a trip in Japan, saw it, liked it, uh, so he bought it for them. The person backed out of the deal, so now he's he just has this car. Mm-hmm. Um, so so basically, and then he reached out to me and he's like, hey, you know, can you help me sell it? You know, essentially, it's on consignment. Uh, so, uh, and of course I obliged cause I was like, this thing's awesome. Just, you know, just to be able to, to show it off to people so they could, uh, so they know it's out there. Cause a lot of people just didn't know about it. You know, it didn't get a lot of publicity. Well, recently, I mean, in the early nineties, it was in, you know, that specific car, um, the owner, the owner of, uh, BR racing built that and drove that, uh, you know, in a couple race series in the early nineties. Uh, I know it was in. Tokyo Auto Salon in '92, which is kind of cool. It used to be black. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and it's they, it's they... it started as a R32, right? That's what it is. And then he kind of molded on some crazy wide body flare kit onto the whole thing. Yeah, that was like the so that was like the prototype car for the for the BR wide body kit, mm. and uh, and I believe they sold that after. But that was you know first of its kind with that and that spoiler. The spoiler's crazy because it's doesn't really look it from the pictures. The car's super dusty, but. Uh, it's all carbon, especially with that post there. Like I don't know how they really? how they constructed that. It's all one piece carbon, and that's uh, that's a one off. I mean, wow. no one else has that spoiler. So it has some cool bits like that, and like a lot of the suspension components, and uh, you know the uh, the struts, the struts and springs. I mean, the coilovers were uh, were designed just for that car. Uh, I'm trying to think what else, but. Uh, the wheels, the wheels actually, they they made those to spec for just for that wide body kit. So it really has some cool pieces, has some yeah. cool heritage. Extremely I mean, unique. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's uh, what's kind of cool about it is, I mean, yeah, no doubt it was a race car. It was 11,000 uh, kilometers on it. Uh, and that was all race duty. So, like, it's been through the paces, mm-hmm. but they've they've refurbished it. Like, they went through, kind of rebuilt it, and then they put in a more stock RB26. So it could be essentially street-driven, you yeah. know, so it doesn't have to, uh, you know, uh, the clutch isn't as harsh. It's just, it's essentially more of a streetable track car right now. So somebody could either collect it or they can drive it and take it to shows, and it's not some crazy, uh, you know, sequence just to start it up. Those OZ wheels on that car are absurd, though. Like, I'm just, I went back to just look through the pictures again, and uh, yeah. you got the one, like, front left fender with the dish on that wheel. It just looks so mean. How wide yeah. are those wheels? I don't know. Not sure? I don't know how wide. I don't know what the specs are, but, yeah, those, uh, yeah, I mean, they they fitted them just for that wide uh, body kit. And, I mean, they they, look so they're good. old. Like, this is back in the day. Like, there, there weren't wheels really like this. Yeah. You know? It, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't be happier with how those look on there now that I'm looking through. I don't even remember seeing those at first, and now that I'm looking for them, I'm like, Jesus, that's perfect for that car. Yeah, yeah, it really is. You know, super functional. So yeah, yeah, it's a cool car. I mean, it's gonna take a it's gonna take a unique buyer for it. You know that uh, you know sees value in it. Definitely. But uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a cool car to at least learn about and uh, and have some experience with. You know, because it's got some. I mean, it was uh, probably butchers. What's his name? Uh, Emai, uh, what's his last name? Oh, Kiyonori. Yeah. I probably butchered that. But anyways, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he built the car. I mean, the owner. I mean, that's just, I think that in itself. Plus, he signed under the hood. You know, there's video of him signing oh, that's it. That's cool. Which, uh, just a cool touch. Even you know? more history behind it because of that now. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. say someone decides they want to buy this, what does something like that go for? Uh, that, uh, so the owner, the owner's asking 41000 uh, plus, you know, import fees to, to get it here. So, yeah. um, and stuff like that. But, um, and you figure too, I mean, shipping's, shipping's usually not as bad as people think it's between a, a thousand to 1200 for, uh, for row, row shipping, which is roll on, roll off. That's right. essentially the cars. They, they, they store them in the belly of the ship, which is nice. You know, it's not exposed to any outside elements and things like that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. almost triple that to ship a car in a container. Oh, okay. And yeah. A lot of times with the containers, like, I mean, they move them with forklifts and, Things like that. I mean, mm. if there's anything in the container, they get jostled. It can bang against. So, I mean, sometimes row row is kind of the nicest way to do it. You figure though, if you're paying forty thousand dollars for a car, what's another twelve hundred dollars? Nothing. Yeah. So yeah. that's not a big deal yeah. at all. Now the the row row version of what you're saying, do they ratchet strap them to the to the floor or anything, or are they just kind of parked, sitting next to each other? Yeah, yeah, they're just parked in there. Mm. You know, uh, I mean, unless. Uh, you know, unless there's an issue with e-brakes and stuff, they'll put like they'll put wheel chocks on some and things like that. But I mean, the ships don't move. You yeah. Know, really, I mean they're massive. Yeah. You know, so it's n- nothing's really gonna like put them side to side. I haven't I haven't had any issues. You know, and talking to to my buyer in uh, in Japan, like he hasn't had any issues with shipping yet. And I mean, he's shipped out thousands of cars probably at this point. Uh, so that's the that's a good little hint for anyone that's looking into this. I guess if you're interested in saving a couple grand by the sounds of it just do that method of shipping and you you should be good yeah man that's that's the way to go as as long as and and something to be aware of like as long as the car is not hyper modified Mm -hmm. and super low because there's a certain angle of approach you know it needs to take on and off the ship Mm -hmm. and i mean they don't they're not like us with lower cars (laughs) like you know we come in and out of a driveway we're coming out like at a 45 degree angle (laughs) like three wheel motion we're doing i mean they're just straight up like perpendicular if the bumper jams up cracks off like whatever it's not their problem so uh so if it is lower just have someone raise it before you ship it just something to be aware of Mm because not everyone's going to tell you that you know until it's too late you get a car delivered with you know bashed up front fascia or side skirts or something so you were kind of saying how uh you find some stuff in some of these cars like i know we had uh josh martin from jdm legends on the show before and he said they had love letters from <laughs> yeah. a U.S. military guy over in I Japan. Heard that. I heard yep. that. Did you find anything kind of wild in any of these cars? Uh, well, I'll tell you. So they do an inspection for foreign objects. Mm-hmm. They never catch anything. Uh, <laughs> I have. You know, like, I mean, there's been. I'm. They're all dead. You know, I'm not bringing any kind of like weird insects. Yeah. And Ken stuff that you like, you could start researching with your side hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Is Ken, that what they um, look for? Put that in a glass jar. Actually. Is that what they look for? Yeah. Like people bringing um foreign like animals and stuff like that so they aren't like it yeah. becoming an evasive species mm-hmm. 
yeah yeah they'll, they'll look for stuff like that and obviously like objects like you're not allowed to really technically have anything else in your car like so drugs and shit no cocaine set of wheels like technically you can't have those wheels in uh definitely no cocaine but, uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> no like fair enough species only in japan or something like that but uh but yeah yeah i've i've, I've definitely found some some creepy crawlers like actually on the, the srx7 I, I took out the battery to charge it and there was uh just a one of the biggest spiders i've seen <sighs> creeped me the hell out it was totally dead petrified yeah. i actually put it like in a little container my kids are like loving it they shake it around it's Hilarious. like oh, broken. it's weird <laughs> but uh yeah i found stuff like that i mean just like uh like um just normal life stuff, like like frequent eating cards like yeah. the equivalent of like a subway punch card uh mm-hmm. i've found like uh oh, I, f- I found a really cool like plastic it looks like one of those rings that came from, uh, you know, the gumball machines. Yeah. It was like 25 cent things. Yeah. Found some like cool JDM like rings and like plastic bracelets in one. I don't know hmm. what that was about, but, uh, you know, a lot of hair. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> they losing hair they, over in Japan? Is that, that a common be. issue? <laughs> I've, Dude, it's a stressful <clears throat> life. You know Jeez. how much stress it is to work over there? Like, it's yeah, they hot. probably get I've... in their car at the end of their 18-hour day and just, like, pull their hair out. It's funny. Day. It's funny you say that. I was reading an article from, I think it was on Jalopnik, but they were talking about how um, one of those Japanese bullet trains left the station 11 seconds earlier than supposed to and got in trouble. 11 seconds. Yeah. Like, yeah. really? That's <laughs> insane. That's too much. Yeah. I mean, it's... I, I went over there and... Uh, well, 2007 or 2008, and I was like, I was blown away by that. I mean, it's we need we need some of that in America. I know it's not that easy, but man, that bullet train is just amazing. Like yeah. you can get across the country faster than, if, way faster than if you went to an airport with all the waiting and the security and all that stuff. That would you know, be you nice. You just hop in a train; it's way more comfortable. Does it look like you're going like super fast out the window, or is it just like chill, kind of calm? Oh up? yeah, no, it gets. I mean, it gets you definitely get that sensation yeah. when you when you pass through like the towns i mean there's like a lot of open fields but when you like pass through the small villages the houses you know, are just, people, just oh, hammering yeah. by and like, <laughs> right next to it i'm like man that must suck to be trying to get a nap in <laughs> you know yeah but uh but yeah yeah it was a real cool experience over there but i mean they uh man i'm glad the culture is the way it is because they take care of their cars and, yeah. and, and and we're getting some good ones from it you know i mean mm-hmm. it's that's why you get a lot of those low mileage cars. I mean, they get they get taxed more. The older cars are. Uh, it's harder for you know. It actually, the inspections get more stringent the older the cars are. Yeah. And plus, in the culture, it's just kind of frowned upon to have old shit. So, you know? like, so this is funny because you obviously sound like you know exactly why they do this. This is what I've been br- talking about, not really knowing or bothering to look up, because I always <laughs> thought there was like a sixty thousand mile rule. For motors, like once they hit like that many emissions wise, they had to replace them, and that's why we got. I don't know where I even heard that from, but that was stuck yeah. in my head. <laughs> yeah, but, no, I think you're right, and I don't want to like. I'm not positive on the on the like year or the mileage, but yeah, there's there's like escalating requirements the older it gets. Yeah, for the you know, emission, and, and that's how like, we're hey, able your to get. Yeah, cold, you have turn signals. It's like, hey, if you had your your admissions, you know, your evap service, or if you had like your timing chain replaced because it's due at 100k. Yep. You know, stuff like that. Like, you, you, I mean, who checks out at inspection stations here? I mean, no one's going to be like, hey, have you had your timing chain serviced? I mean, if your car's not blowing black smoke, you're good to go. Yeah. You know, but uh, stuff like that, I mean, it just gets expensive for them, especially parking and stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, secondary cars just don't make sense. And so we get a lot of these nice low mileage ones that, you know, uh, and I tell people, I mean, mechanically, we get some really nice ones. Uh, but as far as expectations, like always expect, I mean, even the ones that get really high option grades, like really for a used car, like a four on an exterior is, you know, pretty much the highest you're going to see, mm-hmm. uh, it goes higher, but I mean, it's gotta be like showroom quality, but I mean, even those I've, I've gotten in and, uh, they'll get a four because maybe it's like original paint, but I mean, it's 25 year old original paint and most of them don't have garages. So you have to understand it's going to be out in the sun. So, yeah. you know, most mm-hmm. of them, like if you want to look perfect, just plan on getting some paint work done you know mm-hmm. um you know I've, I've definitely had some come in that you know you polish up you do like a three-stage polish and they look really good but yeah a lot of them it's you know you're gonna have some weather stripping to replace maybe a little bit of faded clear coat to respray the roof or something like that but uh but mechanically yeah you get some really nice gems and i mean really for a lot of them you get service history which is cool. You can kind of flip through, and yeah. even if you don't know Japanese, I mean, there's pictures with checks next to them, so you can kind of <laughs> like deduct what was done there and That's figure it crazy. out. 
Now, do you have any cars that come in and uh, that you've ever had to just get specialized parts for? Like, say somebody gets one of these cars in and the windshield's cracked. How do you get a windshield for something like this? Mm. So if, if there's no cross-reference, which there's a lot of cross-reference parts, you know, for uh, for most of these cars. Mm-hmm. But windshields, is, is it's interesting you brought that up because I've actually been doing some research on how to bring them in like cost effectively so yeah. they wouldn't have to sell for like eight hundred dollars or more mm-hmm. uh because it's the shipping's the biggest the biggest hurdle windshields um, yeah. can be found over there but yeah i mean like uh i had a customer i sold a laurel to and there's there's no other car that it fits you know mm-hmm. usdm car so uh you know we got a stone chip and it's like well you have to order one from from japan uh yeah. basically yeah you know overseas so there's certain things like that and that i see value you know not that uh I'm trying to be a parts business or anything, but just as kind of providing more of a service to people. Even if uh, even if I break even, you know, I'm trying to figure out a way to get the main things like windshields and uh, and fenders. You know, because yeah. like you dent up the fenders on the skyline, like it's not like you can go find a stanza in a junkyard and like mount them up. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you need skyline fenders, and there's you know, unless you want aftermarket, there's not a lot of like OEM ones in the state. So getting stuff like that and windshields in. Uh, there, there needs to be more of that done for sure. So somebody yeah. needs to start up a Keystone style company for JDM parts for Americans. <laughs> that way yeah. we don't have to try to find all these over in Japan. We can just start building them here, making them fit. Yeah. All right. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I'll do parts. You do the body. Yeah. Let me just get a bank loan quick. Hang <laughs> on. <a second. laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's, all we need is a is a container and uh, we fill it up with some parts. I mean, it's it's really it's like. But you just need a ton of it. I mean, you know, and like you're like in the parts industry. I mean, it's yeah. you need to have a lot of inventory. So that's why I'm like, uh, <laughs> maybe like having something specialized that if people know, like I break a windshield or a fender, I have it, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it's tough if you're like, hey, I want to bring in JDM parts. And there's, you know, people want this this version of like the old gritty trust, you know, blow off valve or, you know, I mean, you need just millions of things. Oh, yeah. It'd be so hard. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, no, thanks. But stuff like that, like perishable, what I would call items, I think. Someone needs to do a little more of. So, did you have a car come in with like a crazy rare limited? Other than this, obviously the BR race car here. Like, uh, like I know you had a exhaust on the RX-7 that you didn't know was even on it, if I remember right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I knew it had uh, aftermarket exhaust in the turn down. So I kind of I thought it was the RE Memia, but uh, wasn't positive. But then once I saw like that it was official and not a knockoff, I was pretty excited about that. So, I mean, that's a nice piece. I mean, that's something that, you know, if you want, you're ordering from Japan and paying a ton for. So, yeah. An um, R what? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's uh, you basically just say RE and then like sneeze afterwards and you'll be on it. Perfect. It's like RE Menya. What is it? Like, the exhaust. It's, um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's exhaust. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty, uh, pretty big aftermarket company that builds. They actually build. Uh, RX-7s, they do a lot of builds that uh, really pe- people from us, like people in the States can uh, can buy. Like you can essentially order an RE Menu built RX-7, like an FD or whatever, and they'll, they'll send it over. Wow. But uh, yeah, they've been in the game for like decades. It's really cool, yeah. really cool stuff. They usually, oh, well, actually the, um, I think it was the, uh, what was it? Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, that RX-7. The orange one with, with the wide body. Yeah, the orange one. That was that was uh, their bodywork. Hans oh, car. I, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like this crazy. I don't know how many piece body kit, but oh, I mean, it's, it's it awesome. had to be absurd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, nuts. but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you f- you find some nice gems like that. I mean, even uh, well, I, I I seldom have a car delivered with uh, with a shift knob. So if it has like kind of a, a cool like classic shift knob, I don't get too attached to it because. They just get stolen at the port. Oh, it's pretty really? common. Damn. You know, but bastards. Yeah. I know, like uh, <laughs> well, that and like stereos. You know, and there's really people still I mean, there's no, there's are stealing no stereos. <laughs> what the fuck? I had no idea people still were out there yanking stereos out of cars. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe uh, it's just a nostalgia thing. Like a used stereo anymore? Yeah, but maybe over there there's a market for it. Oh my god. Because stereos always they have like cool touches. Like the one on this FD has like these dolphins that swim when it's turned off. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> it's like weird, but I love it. Yeah. That's crazy. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. You have some nice surprises, you know, some, uh, some like, I just like seeing like the classic parts. Like I had a car come in with like a, you know, like Greddy, the old trust, uh, components. And it had like this really weird blow off valve with like 
an exposed diaphragm. Like I've never seen it before. You know, That's it didn't cool. look like a traditional one. It had all these different vacuum routings and you know, I thought that was pretty cool. And then of course like wheels, you know, you get some nice uh you know, some classic works or some classic BBS. Yeah. Um, you know, that are just kinda hard to source around here. Like I actually yesterday I'm dealing with a little bit of sunburn because I was media blasting these uh, uh BBS RS wheels. So like three piece, sixteen inch uh, just kind of classics that uh, that I'm going to refinish and and sell. So I like took faces off and you know hooked it up to my compressor and was media blasting it. And of course, like you know, it's I mean it's been hot here for a while, but I just I guess I haven't been out in the sun. Just got blasted yesterday. Yeah, so blasted. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> Have you had any come in with any um the Watanabe's? No, no. no. Yeah. How hard are those? Love, but... Are those pretty rare? Or I'm not I'm not really too sure. Yeah, I mean they're they're really popular over there. So, so they're, I mean, you can definitely find them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can find anything, but, uh, but I mean, they're, you know, some parts and some cars you can, uh, kind of make sense for us because, uh, they're kind of like throwaway stuff there because it's common, you know, you know, but, uh, but here we, they're super sought after, but like those Wantanabis are just, they're sought over over there as well. So they're, they're harder to source at like a, a decent price. That makes sense. <laughs> if they still want yeah. them, they're not giving them up Burn. too easy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's interesting. And even like stuff like, uh, like some classic cars, like classic cars are, are, uh, are really big over there. Like they're in there in nice shape. They're super expensive. Sometimes even more than here, like some of the old fair lady Z's, mm-hmm. um, you know, that would be like the dots and two forties here. I mean, you know, restored go for more money, uh, in most cases than you get, you know, a nice restored one here. Wow, yeah. I would have never guessed that. They're nice cars, yeah. though. Oh, they're they're amazing. It's I love just the that I, I would have never guessed that they're going for that much over there still. Right? Yeah, because yeah, they're like you'd figure they're like old Mustangs to them, you know? They're, yeah. they're a dime a dozen, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's a mixture between uh, supply and I think it just uh, you know works really expensive there. Mm-hmm. It's getting these you know we're kind of spoiled because a lot of us enthusiasts have tools and garages, but you figure enthusiasts there you know a lot of them don't have garages yeah. don't have a closet for tools so i mean you're just paying someone you know high rates to do everything unless like you're friends with han and you have that big garage with all the bunk beds <laughs> right. in it and stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. Like, i mean that's pretty common right yeah that's most garages <laughs> i thought i felt like when i was in japan i was just walking the streets i'm like all right like where's the underground show here like yeah. this just happens right where's the hulk van just trip into it. like the, the parking garage drifting and stuff like that's cool, yeah. right yeah what the fuck well, apparently that stuff goes on. I'm sure. There's definitely night shows. I don't, I don't know how much of the, the racing in parking garages is real. Is that? <laughs> it could be. I don't I'm know. sure yeah. at some point somewhere somebody's drifting in a parking garage. Somewhere. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt right about now, that. Right now, as yeah. we speak. Yeah. It's possible. There's a DK Somebody's in the making. <laughs> Drifting. <laughs> Doing high-speed runs through a parking garage. What's he say? What's DK stand for? Drift King, man. No, I know what yeah. it stands for. What's Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Oh, oh I gotcha. <laughs> I didn't know you were quoting the movie right yeah. then. <laughs> Funny it's shit. So, it's so sad. I feel like those movie quotes, I've been quoting that stuff since like 2001. I can't yeah. help it. I do it too. It's part of my normal it, life yeah. now. That and like Napoleon Dynamite quotes, all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, do you guys find yourself binging it like every so often? Because you know, like on HBO or whatever, they'll have, like, oh, all yeah. of a sudden they'll have like, all eight Fast and Furious, and you can just like binge that. I could do it anytime I want. I actually own all eight Fast yep. and Furious. It's it's so bad. Yeah, like well, there you go. I get bored. <laughs> I'll just be flipping through, and if any if one of on, them are on, I'll, I'll it, just yeah. end up throwing that on just to have yeah. background noise. Like that's just my choice. <laughs> yeah, Every like time. A, yeah, it's one of those things. It's like old Rocky movies. Like I can't like when it when it comes up, I just I got to put it on. Yeah, you know, especially like there's something about like having a Fast and Furious movie on in the garage because like I was like either podcasts or like TV that I'll just listen to when I'm working on cars. And it's just one of those things. I can't stop. Yeah. yeah. We were actually, Even if it's like the second one, which was just terrible, but <laughs> really, I like the second one a lot. Really? Yeah. The first one's where with it's the, at with the bridge flight, the bridge, oh, the bridge like the jump s- is so stupid. <laughs> the bridge jump is dumb, but I like the second one because Tyrese adds a lot of comedy to it. And it's uh, funny. Tyrese yeah. adds a lot of drama I, in my I, own I life. The, the introduction to Tyrese. Cause he like, was kind of a, he was like the comic relief for the series throughout since then yeah like when he ate the dude's sandwich and the guy's like so i forget what he said to him like i'm hungry you know what really bothered me <laughs> is is how they made uh brian spilner so much more like ghetto talking like he was always like forget yeah, about it cuz like, yeah so like it stupid yeah it doesn't yeah. sound like you're really saying that <laughs> <laughs> either way and, and then like the the 
the next Fast and Furious. It's like that one never happened. Like how he acted and what went on. It's like that just never happened. Yeah. So weird. Which yeah. one? Three or four? Well, I'm trying to. Was three? Three was, three Tokyo, was Tokyo Drift. Three was, three was yeah. Tokyo Drift. So Which was technically like, like eight or seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Because everything like after that was like a prelude to right. that. Yeah. And then that kid, somehow from the night he was there in high school to the night he was there with Vin Diesel, aged 15 years, it looked like. (laughs) (laughs) So you're bald now, dude. That's weird. Yeah. He just decided to shave his head. On the scene. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You never know. I feel like they had to do like some CG stuff. uh, They could have. Kind of what they did with uh, Paul Paul Walker. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I'm like, man, they got to like... They gotta do something with him because yeah, it looks like it looks like a forty-year-old actor who he is. Yeah, you know, he's in Friday Night Lights when I was like <laughs> my driver's permit or something. <laughs> it's so weird. They needed a cast, but whatever. He, I actually I didn't mind Tokyo Drift. No, it was honest. a pretty good one. I liked it. Oh, I loved that. Yeah. One. yeah, I thought it was good. Like aesthetically, it was just super entertaining. Did I you see eight? The yeah. last one. Oh yeah, I actually like that one too. I've seen them all, man. Yeah. Brandon was like, "Yeah, hey, I don't know if I liked." It. I was like, hey, "It was all right." It was all right. It's just like. It, I feel like there's enough already, if I'm being well, honest. Yeah, now now it's just everything because like yeah, it was kind of like an enthusiast, like it celebrated car culture. Yeah, and then it's merging with like action, and then it's just like meat on meat colliding. Yeah. you know, like when you have like Vin Diesel on the Rock. Yeah, you know, just like smashing meat. Yeah, well now they <laughs> now they got so much money, so they can do whatever yeah, the hell they just, want. The first one to me was was like perfect because it, it was racing. Yeah. They were like going to a race event. And they got in fights. They, it was like all cool yeah, shit. Was, then they were stealing shit. They were breaking into car like shops. It was all about yeah. cars. Yeah. Now it's just about yeah. bullshit. Like this bomb, go save the earth. Like it's like they're not X Men. Give it a rest. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like the Avengers. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like, yeah. Crazy, but but I'll keep watching them. I'm, I'm sitting here talking shit like I, I would keep watching them. <laughs> no, we'll we'll always talk shit on it, but it's like you know, ride or die. Until oh yeah. Like, <laughs> Fast and Furious twenty. I'll watch. You know, Sup- just receding when their grandkids are raised. <laughs> Supposedly, there's going to be a ten up to ten. That's what I heard. Yeah. No kidding. That's what I heard. Whether we'll it's true see. or not, who knows? Yeah. We're actually thinking about doing a podcast with one of the Fast Furious playing in the background, just kind of like talking about it, but do talking like about a, other do shit. Like too. a companion, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, like a yeah. fight companion, like Joe Rogan fight does. Companion, yeah, but yeah. With I like those Fast That'd and Furious. The Fast and Furious, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I watch that. Has there ever been a? Uh, has there ever been in one of your cars you had imported that you were just like, you know what? I'm uh, I'm not going to put this on my inventory. I'm going to keep this one for myself. <laughs> Oh man, I feel that way about everything. Yeah, right. right? So I got to be sensible. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I mean, really, every car. Like, I don't know. I, I always get torn between like stuff I like and stuff that I know is just a hot market right now. Because yeah, like the goal is to bring something in and sell it, so I can get more cars mm-hmm. and continue the flow. But yeah. you know, I, I always struggle with that because it's like, yeah, like an FD is one of my favorite cars. I have an FC now, like my maybe my second favorite car. Yeah, right. You know, and like. Uh, even like that first first soar and like I always I always love like kind of the old like the uh, the Laurels and the, uh, the 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 Cedrics and the four door Skylines like I like the four door mm-hmm. kind of old boxy ones four door Skyline uh, I don't think I've ever seen one of those what yeah oh man those are so cool so so cool so small for four door but so cool I have so many things like... to introduce Ken to still <laughs> in the I, JDM I, world I grew up a muscle car guy for the most part and over the last I don't know five or six years I've really been getting into Imports too. I have nothing yeah. against them. I just always was a muscle car person. Yeah, you know? which is what, fair. What prompted the trans the transition? I've gotten older and just realized there's a cool shit out there. Yeah, other cool shit than just muscle cars. You know. Yeah, yeah, there really is. I, I mean, I'm I'm into I'm into all of it. Like I I mean I like euros and stuff like that too. But it's just uh, Japanese cars have been like since since the start. I mean, really, like one of my first cars was like, who were they? The B13. For all the Sentra nerds, yep. the, uh, the chassis code, like the early 90s Sentras. They're more um, like the square body one? Oh, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Super gross. You Did, know. Now, but, uh, they had a two-door as well, right? Yeah, yeah, so they had a two-door. And actually, one of my favorite cars like I've had was actually a, uh, a 92 SER because they made them with the SR20 DE. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like 160 horsepower, but like 7,500 RPM redline. They had really cool buckets in them. Yep. And uh, and they were light. I mean, they were like twenty five or twenty seven hundred pounds, something like that. I mean, they were Fun maybe probably car. closer to twenty five. But yeah, they were awesome. My friend had one. 
uh, back in high school that he had all kinds of custom bodywork stuff done. This is back in like you know early two thousands, and uh, he had S ten taillights molded into the back of it. The whole car was painted <laughs> orange. The inside was white. It was like a creamsicle, and he had. Oh, yeah. I think he had. It might have been Air Ride. It literally could have been switches back then because he had an Xbox controller wired up to be able to hit switches and three wheel it so he could put a crush can or like an orange slice can under one of his wheels. That That's car crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you're taking me back to like when, when I used to go to the parks and people would have place, like PlayStation 1s. Yeah. Like, like that. Yeah, it was, it was wired in. It was a controller yeah. hitting switches. It was It was ridiculous. Yeah, and anytime like they turn their system up and it would vibrate because I mean you remember like systems back in the day like you didn't hear bass you just heard license plate yeah. door panels yeah but it's like that <laughs> rattling would always make the PlayStation skip so you couldn't play it when they were bumping their tunes it was so absurd yeah. but it was yeah, so bad that yeah I so I know exactly the car you're talking about because my buddy had one <laughs> yeah yeah those, those were awesome I mean those were you know growing up in in PA I mean you needed something to drive in the winter you know so it's like I had a uh, I had that Man, I probably went through five of those when I had my 350Z. Uh, and the Z I bought in, like, it was an 03, and I bought in 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when they were kind of new. And, yeah, I mean, I just I went through those Sentras, like, every year. Because I worked at a dealership, and people would trade them in. And they were like, I think the, the minimum I could buy a car for there was, like, 500 bucks. So I just kept getting, like, a new one every year for 500 bucks. Yeah, you know? yeah for the money, why not? Yeah, and yeah. when actually that SER I got for 500 bucks... And those things now, like if it was clean, I mean those things, those things go for good. They're impossible to find, especially clean. You know, and there's like a little, uh, little subculture for those. I mean, I love that thing. I was on like the B13.net forums and stuff. I was all about it. <laughs> yeah. That's that forum that, life. That's old school forum life. Yeah, not many people do that much anymore. I mean, they do just to look up stuff. But back in the day, yeah. remember when people were always on message boards and doing stuff like that? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I lived on that like. When I had the SC, it was Club Lexus. The 350Z was like 350Z.net. And it's just like hours and hours a day. But, I mean, you know, it's been replaced with, like, Facebook groups. And, you know, yeah. it can hit people up on, on other avenues. Which, yeah. I, I mean, I guess is kind of convenient. That's funny because uh, when we had Chris Lee on, he's got Blasphemous 1JZ as his Instagram. He's got the truck with 1J motor and all kinds of crazy shit. He was actually complaining about a lot of the old forums that he was looking on had uh, photos from like photo bucket that are all removed mm-hmm. now because photo bucket is not a th- or, or one of those pages that used yeah. to be able to post from and how most of those forums, you can't even really access the, the photos of anything anymore because they took them all down. Mm. Yeah. It sucks. And that's like a huge database, Yeah, you know, for people that we, I mean, we still reference them. Like I still go to those forums when I need, you know, help with a wiring diagram or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sucks when you can't find that. Yeah. Going through <laughs> Definitely. some changes. But, but yeah, so um, but yeah, the uh, I'm trying to think the as far as kind of getting back to the parts, I did have uh, and this just goes to show, like if if you have patience, like there's resources out there, there's there's ways to find because I think probably the the second most popular thing that I'll get like emails about or whatever is like, hey, what if something breaks? I mean, there's 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 a lot of outlets. I mean, yeah. obviously eBay, you can get stuff from overseas, Yahoo auctions, um. You know, if you find like an importer, uh, like if someone reaches out to me, uh, you know, I can probably source something for someone at like Super Auto Box, you know, because I can just have my buyer like go ship it. So mm-hmm. if you reach out to people, you can find stuff. And uh, and actually, the uh, what what almost discouraged me from like even going forward with this, the first car I brought in, the Soar, um, you know, the the buyer looked over it. It was all good, like super clean, really nice. He started it. And it's in a parking lot. He drove it around, like, clutching gauges. All that mm-hmm. stuff's good. You know, I get it. And as soon as I get it on the highway and hit uh, full boost, I mean, just, zzz, like, nothing's happening. Uh, it's redlining, but I'm not going anywhere. Clutch is smoking. Like, the clutch is shot. Yeah. I'm like, eh, well, whatever. It was like, uh, so those came with a 1G. So the predecessor to the 1J, not a lot of stuff for that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then What's the, the difference between was, the like, one? the predecessor to, like, the W58, I think. Uh, so there's not a lot for that transmission because we only had like the W58. So I ended up having to get the uh, the clutch from a company in Australia. But I mean, again, I hopped on like eBay and it was here in two weeks. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't the worst thing, you know. So people are like, oh, you have to go to Australia, and it's like, where are these? It, it's no different, and yeah. it actually was cheap. It was like 
I mean, the the clutch was uh, 150, and I think the shipping was 80. But you know, at the end of the day, you're spending that for any car. They just had a whole car come over. Now they're worried about just a part for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's uh, yeah, and that's that's all. Like I said, like I'm, I, I, I like to help educate whether it's someone that's going to deal with me or not because. I mean, you know, people are like, oh, and you know, there's like, there's more and more importers showing up because people are trying their hand at it because, you know, there's more information. So it's not like it's scary to get started. But I think it's a good thing. It's just going to grow the market. Like the more people that do it, the more people that know about it, the more cars that come over. And at the end of the day, I mean, the people that do it right are going to stay, you know, and the people that are just like trying to flip cars and make a buck and like to fund their project or whatever, they'll go away. And that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's positive because they're just bringing more uh more eyes to the industry because there's still like it's not like right hand drive cars are new but there's still a lot of people like oh i didn't realize like this model is available or i didn't realize this or like oh can i actually drive it in my state and it's like yeah i mean there's like a lot of real basic questions floating around there still yeah. so that just tells me it's like you know it need to get the word out because uh because yeah i mean these cars i mean they're they're easy to work on like mechanically a lot of the parts cross-reference coil pack stuff like that suspension uh yeah. that's not an issue and, and like the experience is just is just cool you know like i mean it's just being able to hop in on the different side of a car <laughs> yeah. it's something we Definitely. do all the time yeah. we never think about but all of a sudden you feel like like you remember that feeling like when you started driving for the first time it was just like you almost didn't feel like you were there like your body just wasn't like catching up with what was going on yeah, yeah. it was like surreal yeah and it's like how many times can you recreate like you can't recreate that until but when you get on that right hand drive and all of a sudden your left hand shifting it feels like you <laughs> shift a car like it's like what? so weird yeah yeah and like trying yeah, to look at the yellow line and not cross it and stuff yeah yeah but i mean that that doesn't take you know getting your probably the the hardest thing i mean shifting and all that's like whatever i mean you get that in like five minutes but it's the uh the depth for like the perception of well, we'll call it lane perception yeah that's what i was talking about yeah like taking a left through a big intersection (laughs) that too yeah oh yeah yeah like lean over to the passenger side so you can see what's going (laughs) on yeah yeah but uh but yeah i mean it's it's not that bad other than that and i mean it's uh like i said it's it's just kind of a new experience for something that we really don't think about like it makes a commute interesting yeah again i think it's getting crazy i think it's really cool though that you're bringing awareness to this and stuff you know a couple years ago i barely knew about most of this stuff and between um a guy locally that we know does it and watching gdm legends and i'm talking to you definitely learned yeah. a lot of stuff it's pretty cool yeah. it's interesting yeah. it's cool yeah, that people are bringing these cars over because i really yeah. like them it makes hopefully it keeps happening like other I, people, I want more yeah, around me <laughs> it makes other people appreciate it and stuff yeah yeah and i mean it just uh, kind of reinvigorates the culture right yeah. we've seen the same stuff for so long and it's like all of a sudden there's new stuff and it's not like beat down and doesn't have two hundred thousand miles like it's kind of definitely cool. You know, and uh, and then in the, in, it's like we get a present every year because every year there's going to be a new model that's 25 years old that we can bring in. Yeah. You know? I mean, there'll be another flood when the R33s are like. I want the R34s like, to come on over. So yeah, I have a uh, I have a little thing for Celicas and the ST205 <laughs> Alltrack GT4. Those is, are awesome, is, huh? is one that is coming up right at 94, yeah. I believe, is is going to be the first year they're allowed over. Yeah, the 205s were like, what, mid, I think they were mid-94 production year, so... It was 94 to by, 99. They don't go by the year, they go by the month it was actually produced. Yep. So, I mean, that's the detail of the 25-year rule. So, you know, you probably have to wait, you know, halfway through next year. Maybe even longer, because there might not be many early productions, but yeah. Yeah, the 94s with that 3S GTE, yep. what are they, like 225 horsepower, I think? Yeah, just around that, all-wheel yeah. drive. Yeah, my, uh, uh, no, those ones, yeah, they were like 250, and they, uh, man, those are cool cars. A friend of mine was, was in the Navy. Yeah, yeah, my, a friend of mine was in the Navy and actually bought one while he was stationed in Japan for a year. That's cool. Nice. He, he kept, he messaged me right away. He's like, hey, man, check this out. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, those things. I think I read that they that those 205s were the first, uh, they were Group A Rally, and I think they were the first to use Analog, to have an Analog system, which is awesome. Yeah. They, occasionally you'll see a picture of one with the big Castrol graphics down the whole side of it and they yeah. they just look so mean they got like the hood yeah. scoops, the roof scoops everything so yeah. they're just cool looking cars and not a lot of people care about them I'm one of the only <laughs> people I know that even like Celicus so. yeah. <laughs> I like your yeah, Celicus I mean, though it, 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 it's Thanks, a lot man. of value with that car really yeah. I think those especially the, with the with the headlight redesign I mean they're, they're sharp yeah. you know yep. yeah 
I like yours though. You've you've done some uh, the wheels, dude. Wheels. Yeah, it looks cool. Hey, thanks, man. Like, it really brought that thing together. <laughs> it's getting there. What, what do you have to do body work wise? So I kept mentioning body work. So it, uh, originally it came from Arizona, and it, they bought the guys I bought it off of got it from Bring a Trailer website, and when it came off the truck, they actually damaged the the A pillar right above the driver's door. There's a dent there. Um, mm. The rear bumper had been painted. It doesn't really match that great. And there's just a few little dings and scratches around it. So I work in a body shop, so that's kind of the perks is uh, I can just fix it myself and paint the whole thing myself. So, um, oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's all original other than the quarters had been painted before. You can kind of see the blend lines still. So it's not it's not original original, but it's it's in really clean shape. You know, Arizona, no rust on the thing. So it's got 140000 but it's spotless underneath. Oh yeah, so I I had to buy that, and uh, yeah, the quarters, they have about a, I'd say at least a half inch lip on the inside from where the the pinch weld is, so I got to roll that up to be able to fit the the wheels and then drop it about another half inch, maybe a little more. Yeah, it would be sitting pretty. Yeah, I kind of wanted a a, a dumb stanced one instead of a rally edition. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so... (laughs) Yeah. I'll be able to drive it low and slow to a couple car shows and, and be happy with it. Hell yeah, but that's once, cool. Once you roll the fenders, are you gonna you gonna have some pretty flush fitment, or are you gonna have to put spacers in? I'm gonna need a, a, a about a ten to fifteen spacer in the rear, and the fronts are gonna fit pretty tight with this, oh, the okay. little stretch on the tires because the fronts are pretty square already. Uh, but yeah. the, it's the wide body, so the rear of that car is like an inch wider than the front, so yeah. it needs that little bit of extra space in the back. Yeah, that'll be sweet. Yeah, I'm excited yeah, for and you, it. <laughs> and you don't see many of those. Like, no. I can't tell you the last time I've seen an all track anywhere. Really. Uh, closest one to me, I live near Albany. There's one out near Syracuse, and I think there's one up near about an hour north near Lake George. Those are the yeah. two that I know kind of local. But, yeah, there was only 1,500 of those cars in the country to start with, so maybe half yeah. are still driving. <laughs> Maybe soon yeah, be worth. Production was that low on those. <laughs> yeah, for the for the ninety to ninety three, I think. I mean, it might have been a little over seventeen hundred ish somewhere around there. I don't remember the exact number, but it was low. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. But thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. I think we're gonna wrap this one up. We got another one to do, and we got oh, yeah. some stuff going on Busy today. Day today. But I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, give out some shout outs. Your Instagram. Uh, talk about your business. Whatever you want to put out there for people. How they yeah, can man, find you. Appreciate it. Appreciate the time. So. um so yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I'm I'm just trying to uh, obviously I have the business of buying and selling cars, but uh, you know I want to document everything. So uh, and and I mean, you guys found me through uh, my podcast. Yeah. So and it's just me, which um, actually I, I really I, I give some credit to you guys because like having guests on I feel like would be harder. Like sometimes like I'll get emails of people like, man, it must be tough like doing a podcast by yourself. But I'm like, the toughest part for me is like when I have to take a drink. You know, and it's like silence. Yeah. And I'm like to have guests on, and you don't know. Like, I could suck today. Like, I could. No, this is great, annoying. man. You guys don't know. That's why. You that's know, why so. we do guests. We kind of that way. It makes it so that when you talk to, people, we have other people and other insight. Then I think between the two of us, it's easier. I think for me, it'd be hard to do a whole podcast by myself. I think the hardest thing is knowing how to time it out and not overlap each other talking too much. That honestly. too, yeah. Especially with a guest yeah. that's not in the room with us. Yeah. Like we're just kind of hoping we pause long enough to make sure somebody else has time to say whatever yeah. they want yeah. to say. Yeah, you need the pause, but there's a fine line between like courtesy pause and just awkward silence. <laughs> and then you're like, um, okay, so uh... <laughs> yeah, where, where were we? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but it's uh, and it goes fast. I mean, really, I, I could talk to you guys. For yeah, like man. Hours. Yeah. We just hammered yeah. out an hour in no time. It seemed really Jeez. quick. So let people yeah. know how they can find you and get a hold of you. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, so JDM imported uh, podcast on all major distribution. Uh, outlets there and um you know my instagram elusive auto, i'm really elusive auto co uh on all social so and i try to keep things different so Instagram's kind of a real time behind the scenes so there'll be like some jdm facts some like what's going on with builds and cars that i'm selling right uh, twitter's like a little more real time and then facebook's a little more business when i have something for sale or something comes in right some nice. updates there but um yeah, and I encourage uh, anyone interested, whether you're interested in buying a car or just you want to know like what the process is or what you know, uh, what EPA forms you need or how to fill like whatever. Uh, you know, DM me, email me, Dante at elusiveautoco.com. I'd be glad to chat. And do whatever. So do you have awesome. a Do you have a website where people can go and see your inventory or anything like that? Uh, yeah, that'd probably be a good thing. To plug, <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, elusiveautoco. 
Okay. Nice and easy. All right, cool, man. Yeah. Thanks a lot Very for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank yeah, you very much. For me. Have a good one, man. Good chat. Have a good you one. Too. Bye. Later. Okay, so that was uh, Dante from uh, Elusive Auto. Appreciate you coming on the show again. Yeah, thanks um, again. Appreciate that. And we're going to stop this episode. We got another one coming after this. Um, they may not necessarily be in order, though. We're probably going to release this one. <laughs> Yeah, like we, we, we're recording we have a so bunch. Many. Tomorrow we have a special guest on. Um, that one's going to be an interesting one. Nice. We'll keep it hush for now because yeah. we got we got to figure out what kind of order we're going to do these in. Yes, uh, that's going to be our bonus episode on Monday. Um, but where can they find you, Brandon? Give me a follow uh, at bpotsy on Instagram. Check out all my pictures of car things. That's really all I post. And at streamline underscore photography for me, mostly yes, yes. car pictures and occasional dog picture dog picture gotta have the dog pictures of course um and then you can follow us on that cars and caffeine podcast and check out you know things we post from time to time car pictures um obviously when the podcasts are up we post that you can just find us on all the um you itunes yeah go rate review us that definitely helps out still stitcher everyone has but we appreciate that yep we appreciate that a lot stitcher google play any place you can get a podcast pretty much you can get our podcast Um, So everybody have a good day. Thanks. Thanks for listening.